0: Online communities, classroom culture, and personal relationships have something in common. Whether it's forming a strong emotional bond, feeling included and accepted, or having an attachment to others, feeling like we belong makes us happy. Ever wonder why? Join me, Dr. Eileen Winokur, for my bi-weekly podcast, Journeys to Belonging. As I discuss my personal and professional experiences with belonging, and interview educators and others as they share their stories of belonging. At the end of every episode, I'll offer advice about how we can all feel like we belong. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On today's show, I have someone really, really special special to me because she's the first person that really started me on my doodling journey, which I'm still working on accomplishing, but I was much more comfortable with experimenting and drawing and just being creative on paper, which I'm usually not. Uh, Because she has this wonderful weekly show, Doodle and Chat. It also helped me during my, uh, you know, sort of lockdown at my mother's when I was in Buffalo before I came back to Kuwait back in March and April. And it was something that I look forward to every week. So Carrie Bauckham, welcome to my podcast. And I'm so excited to have you with me today.
1: I am I am just beyond excited to be here with you. And I told my family what I was doing today. They're like, "You're talking to who and where?" And I'm like, "I know." She's like halfway across the world, and I get to chat with her on her podcast. It's just wonderful.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so excited to be here with you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I didn't really say too much about you, and there's so much about you to say. <laughs> So, uh, but i like my guests to introduce themselves. So please tell our listeners about, about what you're doing and, and who you are, where
1: you've been. Sure, I'm Carrie Baucom. I am um, a wife and a mother, and I'm also a special education teacher um, in, of sixth, seventh, and eighth grade uh, special education students in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, in the U.S. Um, I am also a author of My Pencil Made Me Do It, a guide to sketch noting, and like you had mentioned i hope i co-host um a weekly doodle and chat show with my daughter annabeth who is 14. oh wait no she's 13 still <laughs> <laughs> she must be close to 14 then <laughs> Not <really>. or she <laughs> feels like 14. <laughs> she does feel like 14 sometimes her sibling and her are 18 months apart so sometimes I get their ages confused uh, gotcha. um but she is still 13 so we co-host that weekly doodle and chat show. Um, and when we were social distancing, we also hosted it twice weekly, which was super fun because it just yeah. became something that we all needed, you know. Anything, um, yeah. uh, I, I, am, I am a teacher of 22 years. I've been a special education teacher in the classroom for my whole career so far. I love working with my students. I love creating with them, um, having fun through games and interactive experiences and using technology to just find ways that I can um, empower them to bring out the best of themselves, to really amplify their strengths, to help them compensate for their areas of weakness. And I just love every day being a teacher. Yeah, and I, I
0: bet they love having you as their teacher. You're, you and Annabeth, are so much fun. That, that's really the dynamics of the two of you uh, during Doodle and Chat um, are, are, are just make the show really. Um, I love that relationship that the two of you obviously have. So my first question that I always ask my guests, uh, Carrie, is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to your
1: mind? Um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is it's, it's everything, right? I think as being a human being, belonging when we find either a place in our um, our friend life or we have our family or in, in, as a teacher in my classroom, when my students find a place of belonging it's it's everything when um, When I work with my students, I know when we talk with families when they have a friend, someone that even just one person that they connect with, it gives them a sense of belonging and it, and all of a sudden, our lives change when we have a sense of belonging as a mother, when my children have friends that they can connect with and that they feel like they belong with. Ha- our p- moms are happy. You, you know, our families are happy um, as a, as a, a, a woman, you know, having friends in my own life that I can talk to and go to no matter what that love me unconditionally, that feels like a sense of belonging and it, and it fills you up and makes you whole. Right. Yeah. And I absolutely. feel like as an educator, um, when my students are in my classroom, And we achieve that sense where they really feel like they belong Mm -hmm. I can ask them to take risks to do things that are uncomfortable to be part of a a group where they really feel like they belong and when I can when they belong when they feel like they belong in my classroom that's when we can do anything together right we feel safe it feels unconditional right no matter what we do we're going to be loved right yes
0: I love the fact that um you know we talk about Being in a safe space, and that really creates that ability to feel you belong because of the acceptance and because you feel accepted, as you mentioned, unconditionally. But it's Mm -hmm. the first time any of my guests have mentioned that idea of unconditional love. And I, I wrote it down because I think it's really important to emphasize that it's unconditional because we accept you for your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's so important that it's not just the fitting in. It's mm-hmm. And as I imagine, especially for your special ed students, who you said before we, we actually started recording, you mentioned that you have them for, for three years. But for your special ed students, it's really important, so important for them because they're dealing with so much. So mm-hmm. what does that look like in your classroom? I know you said that you just started the school year but you know your students. So, I mean, how do you establish those relationships? What does that look like for your special ed students? And especially at this time, when it's really so traumatic for everybody, but especially for those learners who are dealing with so much else. um, What does that look like in your
1: classroom for them? Sure, I think in some ways, it looks a lot different than other classrooms. And then in other ways, it's very much the same because there's still, there's still people, right? Sure. Um, for me, it all, it's, it's all about the relationships. I like to say, we, you know, relationships are king, right? Like we need yes. to start with that first. So it's really making sure we get to know each other and that we get to share parts of ourselves. And when we do that, that we're doing it in a fun and safe way. I always make sure if we're doing a, an about me project or about me, Um, activity, that I'm also doing the same thing. So whatever I'm asking my students to share, they're going to see me share it also. Um, That way they get to see that I'm vulnerable with them and also they'll they'll get to know me, which is also important, right? Right. And and creating relationships. Sure. Um, Once we've done that too, I also, I mean, I love to draw and my kids know, my students know that too. So making sure that we have opportunities where we're either sketchnoting together or drawing together because I really feel like putting your pencil to paper and drawing with each other offers this tremendous opportunity to be vulnerable with your students. We all bring, you shared a little bit in your intro, we all bring history when it comes to drawing, right? And there's there's a whole spectrum of it, right? Of this history and baggage we bring with drawing. Sometimes it's really positive and sometimes it's really hard. But when we bring that part of ourselves into our classroom and we draw with our students and talk and feel out loud when we draw with them, it allows them to feel like they can be vulnerable too in their drawings. And when we're vulnerable together, we show that we can take risks in a safe place with each other. And I really feel like that's, you know, one of my favorite things to do with my students to really start to connect with them and establish that sense of belonging. And then for me, Um, you know, creating belonging in my classroom is just, um, it's just within the moments. Right. So when moments happen in our classroom and somebody acts different or does something different or learns in a different way to just making sure that when that happens, I'm making sure everybody knows that that's okay that I'll be there to give that student support in any way that they need it. Mm-hmm. But no matter what kind of support I, they see me giving, they see that it's all, it's all normalized. Like if Bobby needs that help one day, Bobby gets it. But if Susie needs help for a different thing, mm-hmm. she gets it. And so just making sure that they all know that they always feel safe and that if anybody needs anything, uh, anybody has a struggle or a hard day or a hard moment, that we will always be there to support them and then life will go on. And we just keep going. And then, so everybody feels like they belong no matter what they're dealing with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that idea of support and, and being able to um, hold them up uh, when they feel the most vulnerable, they know they can count on you. They know they can trust that you're in their corner. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just that you're, you're, you're all talk and, and that, you know, you don't back it up. So that's really important because, you know, for for any student, like you said, you need to be there for them at all times. And, you know, some days are better than others. Sometimes something will come at us and, you know, we'll be won't be able to do it. It was interesting while I was listening to you uh, talk about your classroom I'm I was thinking about doodle and chat.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: it wasn't my next question, but I am going to ask it next because I f- feel like you referred to it. I f- I feel w- during Doodle and Chat what you said you were doing in your classroom, feeling that vulnerability, but feeling supported. So tell tell me first of all how long Doodle and Chat has been around and how it got started. And was Annabeth with you all along the way, or how, how did that happen?
1: That's a really great question. So I we're we're just ending our third season which seasons don't really go with years. It's really weird. So I think we're like around our second year of doodle and chat. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been doing a lot of YouTube videos and just having really fun, you know, creating vlogs and sharing in fun, creative ways. And, um, YouTube live had been, I don't know how long it'd been around. It felt new to me. And I was like, Oh, live YouTube. Like I've already tried the whole, you know, videotape myself and edit it and that's fun but what would live be like you know that would be so cool wow and um for years um years a couple of years before doodle and chat my all my both my children my oldest uh t and annabeth and i had done something called an idea flood sketch note challenge and we had put Mm -hmm. out we created videos together and put out monthly challenges we had so much fun but the kids started to get a little bit older and it just wasn't like quite cool to do YouTube videos with your mom, you know, when you're going into middle <laughs> I can understand, yeah. <laughs> so we stopped doing that, but Annabeth started to miss that, like that drawing together and the feeling that oh. it would bring, you know, to us. And so, and so she started to get curious about YouTube live too. And so we had this crazy idea that we would just, you know, try to do a doodle and chat live, kind of think of it like our idea flood, but it would just be, she, um, the two of us. And we wanted, we really just wanted to give this YouTube live thing a try. Yeah. (laughs) And so we started off by doing it monthly and it was so much fun. And we realized we had a nice small community when we were doing it once a month, but it was really hard for people to remember. Like the third Thursday of every month was doodle and chat was just, okay. So then we switched over to the monthly one and that's where we really started to pick up steam and get more consistent people and really um, the whole thing is ex- exceeded anything I could have dreamed of, you know, I mean, we have just an amazing community of people. You've been there. Yes. Um, so yeah. So accepting, so amazing, yeah. so giving. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's and been so much, fun. it's
0: so much fun. Yeah. Um, I, it's really interesting for those listeners who aren't, uh, you know, haven't joined in the doodle and chat, which is at. Nine thirty-three ish. Yeah. Every Saturday morning, right? Central okay. time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's a, such a fun experience. So it's uh, it's uh, maybe describe you describe it. I guess for me Perfect. as as a viewer, it's just I'm listening to the two of you banter, you and Annabeth banter, and watching the scroll of people's comments. And, and it's just wonderful. So from your vantage point, what does it look like?
1: So people will join us um, at 9.33ish, and it's 33ish because Annabeth and I can't make it to anything on time. Oh, so it, some, at some point in the season, somebody in the chat put, well, it's ish, and we're like, well, there you go. <laughs> so people will, will come and join us, and we have this fishbowl mm-hmm. that we put, um, I don't know where this came. Oh, we put 23 topics in there. And that came from a, the season of the alphabet. So we decided that from now on the season that it's going to be almost as long as the alphabet is. So like, we're completely random. Like there's nothing, there's no grand idea or grand scheme of lessons that we've taken. Anything that works in doodle and chat is a complete accident, which I don't think any Beth and I would want it any other way. So we have a bowl of 23 prompts. Um, we pick a, a seasonal theme the season has a theme so like season three was abstract nouns and so we pull a, a prompt from the bowl and then we open it up and we share it with the group of what it is mm-hmm. and then we turn the camera around and people will watch as we draw and chat all about the single topic and we tell people to just fill your paper with images and words all about that topic right. anything else that happens is there are no rules so however people connect with that idea Is how you connect with it and that that's how we doodle and chat
0: yeah and and it's so much fun um like i said uh listening to both of you but also watching everybody chat with each other um on average any idea how many people usually join in each
1: time because i know you have some regulars we do have some regulars we get usually we get generally 20 people if we get up above that you know, it's a, it's just a, it's an, it's an extra bonus. Um, I think we've hit 30 one time. So it's a, it's, for us, it feels like a nice, it's, it's amazing, you know, 20 people who want to come every Saturday morning and draw with us. And so it's just a really fun community of people that we have gotten to really know. And um, we call them our family, our doodle and chat family.
0: Yeah. And and I love that. Again, you're talking about belonging. It's a fun way to sort of have personal belonging and with a community that, is uh, is a release, a relief, you know. Like you said, during this time, it was it's it's really important to to have those kind of activities, and it's something that people can count on. And then you started uh, another thing that I got involved with also, because I saw you posted on Twitter was the I'm I'm not going to remember the name of it around the oh past the sketch note the past the sketch note. Oh gosh, I knew I would forget that. Yeah, the hashtag pass the sketchnote, which is a lot of fun also. I've done it for a couple of years in a row. Wonderful. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that too. Did that come out of this idea of
1: doodle and chat or was it separate? This was separate. So um, Mike Rohde of Sketchnote Army had started, or I think he was somebody else and he created this idea of World Sketchnote Day. And so I had shared it out on Instagram and a teacher from uh, then Georgia um, in the US was like, her name is Monica Spillman. And she was like, oh my gosh, how fun would it be if we all passed a sketch note around? And so she and I started um, messaging back and forth with each other and we, we came up with this crazy idea that on World Sketch Note Day, people would take, put, we would have people sign up and we would put them in groups and they would pass a piece of paper to each other through Twitter around the mm-hmm. world and back again. And it was just, that's how um, past the Sketch Note started. And since then we've done, I think three years and we did a couple of rogue versions of it during um, social distancing because people we knew people just needed to be connected. Yeah. And um, it's just been a really fun idea that she and I have been able to create together. Yeah. And we've become really good friends since that point too. Isn't that
0: amazing? Fun. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing i know that's that's the whole idea of you know you you think something is really random you're not really sure how it's going to catch on but because of your enthusiasm about it and the sense that it's something that's needed um, and it forms this community and i think you know i know i do people look forward to it every year there's something you mentioned also um about the fact that you and monica started sort of going back and forth, but there's something recent that happened over the summer, I think also the, I was reading it on your website about uh, homeroom. Oh, yes. Yeah, so and that's something new that just started, right? For classrooms.
1: It is brand so new. So how did that get going? Yeah. So Lisa Johnson is a teacher, I think she's a technology coach down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wrote the book, Creatively Productive, and there's also another book. That, sorry, Lisa, I can't remember what it is. She's a two, she's written two books and she had um, reached out to me on Instagram as well through messaging and saying, Hey, we should do something together. And so, you know, once life settled from the school year being over, she and I spent time on zoom and just, um, phone, just on phone calls, just chatting it up. And we knew that we wanted to take her love of bullet journals and organizational techniques and also really tap into the social-emotional learning. Um, how, how can we support that and pair that up with my doodles, but also some of my expertise with special education students and just um, different learning styles, right? Uh-huh. And so yeah. um, after weeks of chatting about things we came upon this, we also, oh, so we also wanted to give teachers um, materials that would allow them to connect with their students, whether they were face-to-face, or, or also um, virtual. We wanted to give them a right. way to get to know their students and connect with them, even no matter where they were learning from. And so we came up with the, root, the name Homeroom, EDU, um, in, in kind of the sense that home and home is your inner self and this is your room, which they're going to be designing through the four weeks, but the room also just represents everything that they are. So it's, it's kind of a play on words where we're getting students to connect with who they are and then also building this space that is all about them. And so each week has a different theme. Week one is um, getting to know you. So um, Lisa and I came up with different prompts for students to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the answers that they share would be information that would share with others about them. And so like one of them is what book would you re- would you love to read again and so students would write down that title and then i have pre-drawn some icons some images for kids and then they can write on they can write on the book what their title is and then color it and then students can either use the there's a slides version and a paper pencil version they can start to use the like the book that has their favorite title on it they can start to build their room so there's bookshelves and there's a coffee mug and then there's there's photos that they can share things like their favorite memory in so it's kind awesome. of scaffolding the approach to sketch sketchnoting,
0: but yeah. then also
1: allowing them to share a part of themselves. So when they build this one part of their room, getting to know you, it'll have specific things that they're sharing. And then week two, which came out this week was um, goal setting. Mm-hmm. And so with this one, they get a big cork board and we ask them different questions that kind of lead them into some goals and sharing about what they, what drives them, what are their strengths and weaknesses. And, and so they create this cork board or this vision board, With the different images that also tell about them and then next week will be about um, I forget which week three is I think it's self care and self regulation. Uh So really getting students to tap into How do they take care of their inner self? How do they regulate their emotions and their behaviors when they're in the classroom? So this really allows the people, the the teachers that students are working with to really see, you know, have they thought about self-care? Have they thought about how they regulate their own emotions? And so Mm -hmm. we're just really excited to see this get into the hands of um, teachers and other students and just see how they can connect with it. And then in the end, they'll have like four parts of their room sharing all different parts of themselves. And then teachers should be able to really get a good sense of who they are on the inside. Oh my gosh, this is just such an awesome way
0: to start off the year. I mean, even if you were into the year, it'd be great, but this is just such an awesome way for them to be able to share and for the teachers to get to know them in such depth while they're feeling more comfortable with the sketch noting and organizing their ideas and mm-hmm. being able to scaffold it by giving them the prompts, by giving them sort of the, the background to start with. It's just amazing and we'll talk afterwards, but I definitely want to add it. I'm writing a book about belonging for teachers and so I want to make sure that that's added to the, to the resources, yes, yeah.
1: And I'll make no, sure it's to, in it. oh, go, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go well, ahead, Carrie. We're super, exci- I mean, we are super excited. I think when we started this project, we thought it would be just, oh, you know, a fun little project we would do together. But it is definitely, it feels like it has some, you know, some some muscle behind it, some weight behind it, that it could be something really powerful mm-hmm. for classrooms. And it's available on slides so teachers can, you know, can copy it into their drive and edit it oh. the way they want to and use it yeah. the way they want to. but then there's also the paper they could also print it out mm-hmm. and um, in my classroom we're doing paper and pencil and I know for my kids even I have a couple that are virtual that are learning virtually and then some that are in person with me yeah putting down the computer and cutting with scissors coloring with a pencil or coloring with pencils you know it's just the yeah that you feeling you get that motor yes. you get you know. And so just being conscious of having those opportunities especially when we're zooming so much for class yeah it's been a really good moment of you know self-care in itself you know yeah we need
0: to find that balance yes and the students need to find that balance and i'm sure the parents appreciate that also uh for special ed or for any student really and the fact that you thought Thought it through to the point where, well, what if it's what would it look like in virtual space, and what would it look like in the classroom? And I, I love the the idea of home room, and that they're two separate words. I was wondering about that when I saw it, but yeah. you know the way you explained it is, yeah. And again, this sense of belonging because yes. you're you're talking about your true authentic self and sharing that with everybody around you. So. Um, which helps create that safe space because we are sharing. So that's that's fantastic. Um, so uh, I also wanted to ask about the book that you wrote. And first of all, how did you get into sketch noting? And um, I know you're so creative, obviously. So that's part of it. And you said you like to draw, but how did you get into sketch noting and what does the book look like? So, if, if people are interested in in getting it, what kinds of things will it help them with? Especially sure. if we're if we're talking about uh, virtual
1: or face to face. Sure. So, um, so for me, um, I guess I've always felt like a creative teacher, um, and I've gotten more creative with the the more risks I've taken, and the more I've seen that the risks are worth it. But when mm-hmm. it came to drawing. Um, Before I had my children, I don't remember a time in my life that I was like, oh, yay, let's draw. I love to draw. I'm a good drawer. Um, So I had my two kids, and they both loved to draw. You could find several pictures of them early on sitting at the kitchen table, markers spread out, you know, drawing. And I have fond memories of them, like, drawing these elaborate drawings, even before they could write, you know, write letters and words, and they would, the two of them would, because they're 18 months apart, would sit there and chat and chat and chat and giggle all about these stories that they had written, you know, in the drawings. So it didn't take me long to realize that if I wanted to spend time with my children, drawing was something that I would have to do with them. And so see. weeks would go by, and months would go by, and, it, and it, it became very apparent to me that my children's love language was drawing. And the more I drew with them, the more I started to realize, my goodness, drawing makes me really happy, you know? And I would draw and draw, and um, even when they were younger, I loved to blog. And so I started um, taking blog posts and handwriting them out instead of typing them, and then adding doodles all around them. And I would share them out on social media, and one day a teacher friend of mine was like, oh my gosh, Carrie, that's an awesome sketch note." And I was like, what? What's <laughs> What's <note?"> that? <laughs> wow. Like, oh my
0: gosh.
1: I love that. I love the accidental of nature of everything that you do. It's fantastic. <laughs> You're right. I didn't think about that. There is an accidental nature to it, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. it's so interesting that it that it started so organically I think most things in my life do seem to do that um so it it was very organic yes and so you know once I found out that there was a name for it I did research about it and realized that this is really something like it has legs right it has yes backing it there's there's thinking behind it and I so I continued to learn about it and um so one one day at one of our state conferences, I decided that I was going to sketch note a keynote. You know, listen to the person speak and sketch note it. And so I, you know, I had my pencil and my mar- and my eraser and my paper, mm-hmm. and I was all ready to do it. And um, I was amazed at how connected I felt to the keynote. Um, in my book, I talk about when we sketch note and when we take in information, we're not just connecting with. The information with things that we know, or that we know that's in, that, or that we connect with, but also there's a feeling that it gives us, right? It gives us this like sense of yes. like an emotional connection, and yes. when we, I say if it's something that we love, you know, if we feel mm-hmm. like a love feeling for it, then it's probably important for our sketch note, right? And so I remember having that exact moment in my first sketch note, and I, you know, I sketch it in pencil. I remember being terrified of making a mistake on a sketch note. I remember that sense of urgency that I needed to finish my sketch note before the keynote ended. And I remember having all these rules in my head about what good sketchnoters do, right? Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I can certainly uh, sympathize and empathize with that.
1: Right. And so I remember finishing my sketch note and it was all in pencil. And I spent you know a good hour or two up in my uh, uh, hotel room going over with pen and coloring it. And um, I shared it out, hashtag, I love I loved to sketchnote, or, um, and it was my first sketchnote ever that I shared. And it was so empowering to me to, you know, to put out this piece of paper okay. that had my feelings and my drawings and my connections with that. And right. it made, this whole experience made me really happy. And I just, I, I couldn't remember a time that I was so engaged with a keynote as I was when I sketchnoted. But even to this point, I still had not brought it into my classroom. I remember thinking there's no way that my yeah. students who need assistive tech to type, who um, might have some OT or motor problem, you know, motor disability or weaknesses, would yeah. ever be able to sketch note. Like it was just something that they couldn't do. Yeah. But the more I did it, the happier it made me feel, the more research I learned about it. I was like, I, what's, what's, I can't not try this, right? Yeah. So I brought it I decided I would try it in a reading class and I had the book projected on the the board and we were going to read a paragraph together and then we we're going to doodle just in the margins of the book. And so I read the first paragraph to the students and mm-hmm. I asked them I said so what movie's playing in your head? And I got nothing. It was like crickets. And I was like I was I remember thinking okay then. <clears throat> so what I did was I then I just went ahead and did what good teacher, what teachers do, right? I just started um, sharing my thoughts, right? So I imagine this, this makes me imagine this. And I went to the board and I doodled what it imagined and everybody in the classroom copied exactly what I drew. Oh, I was gonna say, I could have predicted that, yes. Right, right. And so this went on for like weeks of me saying, does anybody, does anybody want to tell me what movie is playing in their head? Nothing, over and over again. Okay, I imagine this and I draw. And then one day, um, I'm like, so what movies playing in your head and still nothing except for this time when I went around. So even though I would ask them what movies playing in their head, even though I would share with them verbally what I was visualizing and I would draw, I would walk around the room and, um, and give them words about what they had drawn, even though it was just exactly what I had drawn. Cause I really feel like words and experience and time yeah. are the way we build our confidence in doodling right right and so one day when i was going around my room i had a student and his hand was covering the the drawing i'm like well let me see what you drew i want to see it and he lifted it up and i was like and it was different than what i had drawn on my board and i called it our going rogue moment and so (laughs) we it really everything changed and so from that moment on you know I, i gave him his words about what what I saw and what I noticed and what, you know, and I asked him questions to tell me about what he drew Mm -hmm. And in that moment, everything changed about my classroom. That one student who decided to try to to, decided to think differently, empowered Mm -hmm. everybody else to draw differently, to think differently. And it was just a really amazing experience too, that also brought a sense of belonging to everybody. Right? So now we do have permission to have different ideas. Mm-hmm. We do have permission to connect with ideas differently, and everybody's drawings and everybody's ideas have value in the classroom, right. and it was just a really wonderful um, a moment, and so that's how I started drawing. That's how my classroom started drawing, and, and that's, our, that's our story. In, our, in my book, um, that's exactly how, that's exactly the stories that I share, um, and in the book, when people experience the book, they'll hear me I, um, I write like I talk. So um, if you read my book, it'll sound hopefully just like we're having this conversation right here. And um, it just brings them through experiences that will help them build different parts of sketch noting. And um, different than others is I really like to tap into the single elements of sketch noting and then talk about how we can apply just a single part of sketch noting mm-hmm. to anything that we're doing in the classroom. And so it takes people through different ways that we can use single parts of sketchnoting to empower um, students and enhance learning, but also how we can use the whole thing of sketchnoting. So it's really important that I'm also, throughout the book, building people's experiences so that they have they know how it feels to sketchnote and mm-hmm. all different parts of it, from taking in information with their eyes and their ears. How do we do that? How do we take all this big information and synthesize it into smaller parts? How do we right. visualize what we're hearing and so really teaching them how to use all different parts so the book really takes people through the process of sketch doning, from you know seeing information or hearing it and how can we how can we take that in how does that work and then also how can we take information when it's there's so much of it and I, um i call it micro summarizing or summarizing it into really smaller parts yeah. and then it also teaches people how to take in information and how to create visuals to go along with what they're learning so it just gives people a lot of examples and a lot of different ways. I think that people see sketchnoting as a piece of paper with a lot of information on it, mm-hmm. but when we step back and we really look at all the parts from our brain to our eyes and even our heart that right. it takes the sketch note, there's lots of different things that we can use just one part of it for to enhance our teaching and improve student learning.
0: Yeah. I think it's really interesting as you're talking about, how you break things apart and the different things that you've done over the years. I think it's so important that your background in special education has made you so attuned to the different parts of us and Mm -hmm. students that need to um, be scaffolded, broken apart, put back together and how we all really need to look at things maybe not as some overwhelming big thing that we need to be able to do really, really well, but that we start smaller, we have that breakthrough moment like that student in your class, and -hmm. then we're able to sort of move on from there. It it was really interesting that you continue to pursue uh, having your students try, even though they were um, basically copying you for so long. But the mm-hmm. way you went about, you know, just pursuing it and persevering until you had that breakthrough moment when when the vulnerability and the risk um,
1: sort of just broke out. It, yeah. I love that story. Thank you. And I think, you know, even just listening to you reflect, it makes me um, think too in that that moment also taught me. You know, and I talk about this in my book, that moment also taught me that whenever, it's almost like whenever we have something that we think we can't do, um, if we really wanna break down that wall, that I can't wall, we really have to get, no matter what it is,
0: right. we have
1: to either give ourselves or we have to give the people that we're working with or the students that we're working with and we have to give them time, we have to be patient. Yes. We have yeah. to give them experiences, so moments where they can try it. And then we mm-hmm. have to give them words, if we have, you know, if we have negativity built up in our head or things that are telling us that we can't, if we get, if we start filling up that negative with the positive, those are all things that that moment taught me, and it, it's a constant reminder that time, experience, and words are super powerful. Whenever yes. we're doing, I think anything in life, but also especially the hard things. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's
0: so important, Carrie. I love that. Oh, I could just continue talking to you forever, but um, we're sort of coming down to the to the end of this episode. Uh, is there, you've offered so much advice already, amazing. Is there anything in particular that we missed that you would like to offer um, our listeners other than what we've already discussed?
1: No, I just, I've had, I could talk forever with you as well. And I've just had a wonderful time um, share, get, having an opportunity to share all these things that I get. I have so much fun doing. And I would yeah. just say that, you know, um, I love to say on my on my YouTube channel, whether it's bringing out the best in yourself or your students um, or learning, there are no rules. It, there's no right way to start something. There's no right way to be you or, or to, t- you know, do what works for you. Br- bring sketchnoting to your classroom the way it works for you. Um, And it just sometimes you just have to start right that's the hardest part
0: yeah and you know you talk all that you're talking about is this idea about thinking and creativity and if you set yourself with a lot of rules it's very difficult to be able to have that thinking and creativity really thrive so yeah so I, i i totally agree yeah Carrie, where can people find you if they and I'll also be included in the show notes, but sometimes people like to hop off a podcast and look for you right away. So where are the best places to find you?
1: Sure. They can find me on Twitter at Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E underscore Bauckham, B-A-U-G-H-C-U-M. And I'm the same handle on Twitter. I also have my YouTube channel, which is my, my same name, Carrie Bauckham. Mm-hmm. And um, my blog or my website as well, which is kerryblackham.com.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. I a little bit miss, miss the heck awesome, but I oh, <laughs> understand wow. the consistency, and I see the heck awesome on your website, so that's
1: okay. That's a that's another story. Maybe for another maybe for another podcast for another episode. Absolutely, I
0: would love to have you back, Carrie. Thank you so much for this. It's been wonderful. I've learned so much from you today, and. Thank you. In the past, of
1: course. Thank you.
0: Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Journeys to Belonging. Um, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Eileen Winokur, or on Instagram at Eileen underscore W. And you can also find my blog uh, at the website https colon forward slash forward slash cultures dot build. See you in two weeks.